We know that Razorback football season is upon us with fall camp just coming up around the corner, but we had a chance to hear a little Razorback basketball from Eric Musselman and some of the players talking about the upcoming season, the excitement that they have for it. So let's break it down here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Com. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to betonline.net where the game starts. It's Friday. Finally, we got here. We're at this point. Is it Friday or Thursday? Oh my goodness, it's Thursday. Haha, <laughs> but it's my Friday actually because I am going to be taking off tomorrow, heading down to old Big D to Dallas to visit some friends. So uh, it is my Friday. So that's why it feels like such a Friday, but still. We'll have some great content for you. Don't worry. We'll still do a podcast, but I'm so excited about that. Uh, getting to go down there in the weekend, even though it's going to be like colder up here in Arkansas, which has been horrible as far as the weather goes, uh, as far as really hot. But then we're going to go down to Dallas and it's going to be just as hot. So not really changing anything there. But either way, uh, it's Thursday. It's my Friday, but we're having some fun still because we're going to talk about some Razorback basketball, which I know everyone's in football mode. I am, too. In fact, uh, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've been hammering out football stuff right and left. And so to kind of go through a little bit of a deviation here, uh, it had to be something significant. But I was like, you know, it, it's a Thursday. It's, you know, there isn't really anything significant going on with football just yet. And this would be a perfect opportunity to bring up some basketball because yesterday, uh, Eric Musselman and the Razorback basketball team had a, an open practice to the media. They also had uh, press conferences afterwards where you got to hear from us as well as from a few of the players like Anthony Black, like Nick Smith, and uh, also uh, Trevin Brazil. So you got to got to get a little piece of it, a little taste of it here uh, right before football season, which, of course, I know people are excited about football, but basketball is right there into the mix as far as the excitement level goes. A lot of people are excited about it. And one of the things that people are going to be so fascinated by hearing from Eric Musselman is about his young team. Because let's be honest, each and every year that he's been here, he's had to have years where, and which is funny because he's only been here uh, essentially three seasons. But, I mean, if you're looking at in his first year, he took over a team that uh, wasn't any of his players necessarily that he recruited, had to go into the portal to really help out. And then and the next year, you had a bunch of freshmen that were starting three of the five freshmen were starters. And then last year, you had a lot of uh, transfer vets coming in, like Stanley Mude, Adis Tony, uh, guys that had played for a long time, mixing them in with some younger players didn't even rely on any sort of freshman at all last year, still made the Elite Eight run. And now this year, it's a really young team. And Eric Musselman understands that. He understands that this is going to be a challenge for him, even though the talent is there. And uh, he had actually kind of went on a, a long answer of uh, how he's approaching it and the way that he's got to view this team as a new challenge for him. Take a listen. I, you know, I think from our perspective, it's – Here's the the thing that's really hard, and you hear like to make an NCAA tournament's hard. Like this is the most challenging schedule that we've ever had since I've been here. Like the the Hawaii games, they're going to be really really challenging. Um, we saw what Oklahoma did to us in Tulsa. Um, I mean they they kicked our butt, and you look at or you think about 
you know, going, um, you know, to Baylor. I mean, this is a – we're going to be really challenged. And I think the thing, Kevin, to, that I can't answer right now is what happens when adversity hits because it's going to hit. And do freshmen run into a freshman wall? Those are all things that I can't predict. They're things that we can talk about. They're things that we'll, we'll, we'll try to address before they happen. Hey, if we go on a two-game losing streak, here is how – we are going to overcome that. And I think you always want to try to lay out all the hurdles that your team can run into prior to them happening. It doesn't do any good to react once they happen. Um, it's just like you want to be prepared for every late game situation before you play your first game. I want the team to be prepared mentally what can happen during the course of the season, whether it be an injury, whether it be a guy can't play because of suspension or whatever it may be, how do we react to all those things? How do we react to a loss? Um, what is it like to be around us in practice after a loss? What are the repercussions for how hard practice is going to All those things I want to talk about and address. And then, you know, do we have great talent? Yes, we do. But this is also the youngest team that I've ever coached by far. Because um, we've been really fortunate to coach a lot of uh, veteran-laden teams. Um, but having said that, you know, we had a pretty good year with four freshmen a few years ago. And, uh, and three of them started. Um, there, and we only start five. So we started three freshmen in an Elite Eight run. And, and, um, but we have, a, we have our work cut out for. Our league has gotten better every year that I've been in it. So that was Eric Musselman talking about uh, some of the things that he's going to have to plan for with his young team. And here's the thing, which, of course, he's he's a phenomenal coach. I still believe that there is potential. He's not there yet because I know that it's just such a small sample size. But potentially, of all the great Razorback coaches you've had in basketball, he might be the best X's and O's coach and the best overall just mindset of a coach to ever be at Arkansas. Now, the success has been there with the Elite Eight runs, but you know if he makes it to a Final Four National Championship, we know that there's a, uh, a high bar to try to, uh, try to get to, but he has all the makings of it. And the, the fact is, is that you, when you have a young team like what Eric Musselman has, first off, you and he, well, he's not going to feel sorry for himself because this is the team he put together. <laughs> like it, It's not like he just was given these players and it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just try to make a mountain out of a molehill here and figure it out like it wasn't anything to where it was just forced upon him where he had to do it this way this is the team he chose he recruited these guys these freshmen uh, these mcdonald's all americans that are going to be freshmen these three guys he, he recruited these guys out of the transfer portal to come in here uh you know he he's done all of these things this is his team and what he's put together and I believe when he's saying the things that he's saying about the obstacles and the adversities that'll hit him once the season goes on, uh, I think he's also he's preparing for something that we saw last year and even the year before. Where with these Eric Musselman teams, as talented as they may be and as uh, electric and fun as they may be, with young teams especially, you're going to hit these like issues during the season. You're going to hit these droughts where, whether it's like, because last year, look at last year, take conference, when conference play started, like we had that Oklahoma got smoked, like he even mentioned there, you get to get smoked by Oklahoma, your first loss. 
And then, yeah, I think you beat Elon, but then you lose to Hofstra. Or you lose to Hofstra after that in Little Rock. Pathetic. And then you start 0-3 in SEC play against teams which, at the time, didn't look to be that good. And honestly, they weren't that good. You probably should have won, but you just didn't look good at all. And people were like, what is happening? You went from being a top-10 team to suddenly you don't even look like you're an NCAA tournament team. And then we know things clicked on. They went on and won a lot of games after that and then made a run into the Elite Eight. So nobody cares about that because the end result was great. But now with this team, I think you're going to see something similar. Where are you going to, I mean, let's be honest, are you going to go and you're going to end up losing to Hofstra or something like that? I don't know. But you're going to see times at this upcoming season where they maybe take a little bit of a backseat. They maybe hit a little bit of a rough patch. They're going to lose some games maybe that you feel like they shouldn't lose. But again, what makes coaches great and what makes Eric Musselman one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion, is that just give him a deck of cards and he'll find a way to beat you in poker. Like He'll find a way. He'll do it through bluffing. He'll do it with the actual cards he has in his hand. He'll do it through some shifting. He'll do it through whatever, manipulation, whatever. He will find a way to beat you if you just hand him some cards, no matter what's on him. And I feel like that's the same way that how he approaches when it comes to his basketball team and the players that he has. He will find a way to win. He will find a way to be successful with them. He'll find their strengths. He'll find their weaknesses. He'll raise up and elevate their strengths. He'll try to avoid their weaknesses at all costs, and he'll put the pressure on the other team to figure it out. I mean, I, I just can continue to see like what he's done year after year where each and every team has looked completely different. I mean, his second and third year teams may have been the most similar teams ever, but the only similarities is that you had Jalen Williams, Devo Davis, and, and J.D. Note. Like those were the only significant pieces that played in one year to the next. And then in this year, you're not going to see any. And even in his first year to the second year, it was a completely different team. Like nobody was the same. But yet the results still come forth. They still end up being incredible. And that's why I feel like as long as Eric Musselman's the coach, it doesn't matter who the players are on the team. He's going to find a way to win with them. But when you give him, high-level, elite, NBA-caliber talent like he has with these McDonald's All-Americans, these guys that are potential one-and-done players, a Nick Smith who could be a top-five draft pick in next year's NBA draft. You give him that, and then you give him some other really good players out of the transfer portal, some guys who are big-sized guys, which we'll talk about here in a second. But give them those guys. Give them talent. Give them athleticism. Give them a passion. Give them a drive. Give them guys that want to be great. Mix that in into the recipe. Suddenly, when it comes to the cards that you just handed Eric Musselman, he's got a royal flush. He can't be beat. Forget all of his stuff where it's like, you know, oh, I have to overcome this. I have to do this. I have to manipulate this. That doesn't matter. It's not the case anymore. He's got a royal flush in his hand. You can't beat him. He knows he's the best poker player in the world. Now he has the best cards to go along with it, too. That's what makes this team so fun to think about the chances of them going to that next level and being able to compete for a national championship. Now, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to be perfect. They're not going to go 40-0. and 0. I'm not saying that. 
what I am saying is that, yes, it is difficult to get to the NCAA tournament. Yes, it is difficult to advance in the NCAA tournament. But if you're a Razorback fan and you're looking for reasons to be hopeful and confident, you got one of the best coaches and some of the best players to go along with them. The ceiling does not exist for this team. They could win it all, and nobody would bat an eyelash. That's the excitement that is coming with the Razorback basketball team this upcoming year. We'll talk more about uh, another, or at least play another clip and talk about some things with Eric Musselman and, and the height that has been addressed on the basketball team here in just a second. But first, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in all of your sporting and betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And find the reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, sports and podcasts, and scores that they have you covered in all of those things. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening all today over at BetOnline.net where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing on with our uh, basketball discussion with Eric Musselman meeting with the media yesterday. We talked about the, the freshman and uh, the type of team that he has and maybe some of the obstacles that will come along with it. But one thing that you won't have to worry about with Eric Musselman's team this year is lack of height. Uh, in his first year, his tallest guy was Adriel Bailey at like 6'6". And then he had Connor Vanover and Jalen Williams the next year, which Vanover wasn't a factor, and Jalen Williams was a true freshman, but that was it. And then this past year is kind of the same thing. You had Jalen Williams and Connor Vanover wasn't a factor, but you went up against good teams like a Duke, and you were just drastically out, outsized. And it's something that I'm sure that Eric Musselman has looked at and says, we need to address this. We can't let this happen. Well, either way, the transfer portal proved to be very kind as far as the height goes, where they've added a bunch of guys that are 6'9 and above. And Eric Musselman is really excited about the fact that not only did they address the size, but what these big guys actually bring to the Razorback basketball team. I just, uh, I think some of you guys have written about it or talked about it. Um, but, we, you know, when we played Baylor and we played Duke, um, yeah, I felt that size was a problem. You know, I don't think that, um, I don't think there's any hiding that. Um, and I think that, you know, going into year four, that, you know, the next progression was was uh, trying to fill uh, roster management in maybe where we lacked um, in the prior years. You know, in the first year we had, you know, some really, really great shooters, but we had a center at six foot six. Now our point guard's six foot eight. Um, and so and Nick Smith 6'5". So those two guys that are going to pr predominantly play that position, um, and then Devo, all three of those guys can play that position, and Devo's 6'4", and he ac actually played the power forward for us in in year one in the NCAA tournament when we played small ball. So, you know, we've tried to continue to tinker with our roster management and try to improve areas that maybe were, uh, you know, um, and then we were just in a position where, you know, with Jalen, you know, when someone goes into that draft pool, um, 
with the way the rules are set up and the timing, you, you just move on, you know, and you, and you move on with your roster as, as quick as you possibly can. Because um, I've been through it with Caleb and, and Cody Martin and Isaiah and Mason, and we can go on and on. Um, and so, you know, we addressed what we felt was a definite need the last two years was, um, you know, size up front. Um, but now, you know, the, those guys also have to, um, you know, play the way we like to play, which is being able to pass, dribble, shoot. I mean, we're not all of a sudden just going to throw the ball in the post and be a, a grinded out team. That's not how we're going to play. So it's really important that, um, that, the, that our guys can play dribble handoffs, play off the pinch post, play off the elbow area, much like uh, Jalen did for us, because that was, that was a big part of our offense was having a center who could draw the opposing centers away from the floor and not just stand at the rim. There's Eric Musselman speaking about uh, some of the size and uh, the benefits that's going to come along with it too there. And, you know, it's just, it's incredible when he breaks it down and looks at from year to year, how in their, in his first season, they won 20 games. And we know COVID ended up cutting the season short. He won 20 games with a six, six post player. Now, Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe were great, but even Isaiah Joe, he was injured and out for five or six games. And they, their tallest guy was 6'6". That was their post player, was Adrio Bailey. And he had Jimmy Witt in there, and you had Desi Sills in there, and uh, you, know, you had some other guys that would come in, but that was not a team that was you know built to make a long run in the NCAA tournament. They still won 20 games. And... You know, the past two seasons, we talked about the height and talked about the things that, uh, you know, may have held Arkansas back from taking that next step when they go up against big physical teams. Eric Musselman addressed that in, in a major way. I mean, now it's getting to the point to where you're going to have five guys, roughly six, nine or above five dudes. And then your point guard, six, eight. You know, you, you got six, 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 seven. Nobody, there's no, there's no little fellas out there. There's no short guys out there. There's no guys that are going to be a liability because of their height. Anytime they take the court, you have the almost the quintessential perfect size team where nobody's too short, but also nobody's too tall where it becomes a problem. You got the perfect amount of guys between six, five to six, 11, all mixed in there. And being able to play in different ways with different positions, like that's that's just how it should be built. Like that's incredible. So I I listened to Eric Musselman talk about some of the guys that and how they're gonna have to adjust to their play and you know increase how their role on the team and figure out how they're going to to make it work with the chemistry and all that stuff. And that'll come, like that'll come in time. Like there's no problems there, but it, it's just something the where it's if that was the one thing that you felt like maybe was holding a team back or maybe that the Arkansas struggled against particular teams in, that's been addressed. So, so where's the weakness? Like, where's the problem now? I mean, youth could possibly be it because we even talked about that in the previous segment. Like, this is the youngest team that Eric Musselman has ever had at Arkansas and maybe in his entire career. So that could be a weakness, but it also could not be a weakness. We won't know until we actually see the season and, and see it get going. But you got great guard play. You got some solid post play. You got size. You got length. I think that even something Eric Muslim brought up is a three-point shooting and how that's improved from last year as a team. We'll see. But as a team, it's definitely something that uh, needs to be improved on. 
You know, we'll find out about free throw shooting. We'll find out about uh, turnovers, like all that stuff. You can't know until it happens. But it's just one of those things that I feel like under with an Eric Musselman team, the last thing that he is ever going to allow his team to be is not fundamentally sound where they just turn the ball over all the time and they miss a bunch of free throws. Like those are the things I just feel like under Eric Musselman are never going to be an issue. So all those things mixed in with the size, with these great players, it's hard not to get excited about Razorback basketball and some of the things that they could be bringing to the table early in the season. And also the schedule is really difficult too. There's going to be some great games. You get Kentucky at home, at least a home and home with Kentucky. That'll be fun as well as Alabama. That'll be fun. Those are the types of games that people want to uh, watch and care about the most. So I can't wait. I know football season's here. I'm excited about football season, but man, it'll be a nice little transition once we get into basketball season and really have some fun there as well. We'll close up shop here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast coming up next. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the final segment of the Lockdown Razor Rex podcast, I wanted to bring this up just because since we're talking basketball, it's a good little theme about it too. And uh, something that uh, I know that the Razorbacks are doing is going to be taking a, a, a trip out of the country. You know, they're going, we see these foreign trips get taken by basketball teams and trying to, you know, get them better and have competition that they can go outside the country for. It's almost like it doesn't count against their games or their practices or anything like that. It's something that we see, it's very common among. Uh, high-level programs and, and everything. But what cracks me up is I saw some, like, Auburn fans that uh, were, <laughs> were like, talking trash on Twitter because they were saying, it was like, oh, wow, their foreign trip's not even going to be widely televised. Nobody's even going to care about them and watching them, which, like, I don't even know. I don't I don't cover Auburn. I'm, I'm assuming that their foreign trip's going to be widely televised and everything like that. And it just cracks me up because it, it just shows once again that in the SEC, the basketball level has been elevated so much where it's not just Kentucky and a bunch of other teams. Like you have Kentucky, you have Arkansas. Um, I think Auburn, as much as they're trying to, and it's cute that they keep trying to, they're 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 trying to become one of those programs. Uh, Tennessee is always going to be good. You know, um, we'll see about. Alabama, I know they had that one good year, and then they didn't have as good of a year last year. Still made the tournament, but expecting big things out of them this year. So they could be that team, too. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see as far as who are the, who are the other programs that get elevated. But I'm just telling you right now, like, there is a sense of respect between Arkansas and Kentucky. I think that in basketball, at least, where it's just like, listen, can, like Arkansas fans know that Kentucky is a better basketball program. Like no one's denying that no one's putting that in. But I also think that Kentucky fans understand that Arkansas is a good basketball program with a good basketball fan base that is like part of the part of the crew, you know, part of the people that's like, hey, you've been around a long time. You've had really good basketball for a very long period of time. You had two Hall of Fame coaches in your program. You you know what you're doing. You got it going on. And so those are the only two programs really in this conference that I, I believe that can really say that. Now you have a bunch of other programs that are just trying to play catch up. So I, I've said this before when it comes to how you approach, uh, you know, programs as far as being a not a blue blood program necessarily, because I think that that's a very small category, but just high end, high level basketball programs. You have to have more than just one Hall of Fame coach. That's how I look at it, because like for, for, for instance, Florida. Florida had Billy Donovan and nothing else. 
I don't consider them to be an elite program. They had an elite coach. They're not an elite program. Kentucky has had multiple Hall of Fame coaches. They're an elite program. They're, they're a blue blood, if you want to put it that way. Arkansas has had two Hall of Fame coaches. And the way that Muss is going, if he continues to win at a high level, he may, they may be three. You know, we'll see. So they have potentially have three Hall of Fame coaches. And those are really the only programs that I would put into that category. You know, LSU's had some good coaches here and there. I think that uh, Tennessee, like, I don't think you're going to call Bruce Pearl this uh, Hall of Fame coach just yet. He might be into the mix, but uh, that's pretty much it for them. I, I know they have had some other good coaches, but not multiple Hall of Fame coaches. Um, I'm trying to think of any other programs that maybe off the top of my head that I'm missing, which I might be, and there's probably going to be people yelling at me in the comment section as far as that goes. But my point is, is that it cracks me up to see, see these programs that just became basket, these programs that have basketball fans that just became basketball fans three years ago, trying to act like that they're big time. And it's just, it's cute. It's funny. It's like, listen, get, win some championships first. All right. Make some final four appearances first. All right. Especially you, Auburn. You realize that you've made the NCAA tournament in your program history, like 10 times. You know that Arkansas is closer to making it, like that's almost as many uh, final fours as Arkansas has had. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to be talking trash. And that's also when Arkansas went through like a 15 to 20 year span of mediocrity as a program, and they still have you beat there. Like, don't give me that crap. Don't don't start that nonsense. This pro this conference is ran by Kentucky, and then Arkansas is the one that comes up right behind it. Make no mistake. And that's why people are going to be looking forward to those Arkansas and Kentucky games a lot more than those Kentucky Auburn games. And also, shouldn't you have an arena? If you're going to be a basketball pro, shouldn't you have an arena that sits more than 10,000 people? Like, I feel like that should be a, also a pretty much a thing. I know Duke doesn't have one, but that's like the exception to the rule. And can you really call yourself a basketball program if your arena's small? I don't think so. I don't think so, but that's just my opinion. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks Max podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.